Hello, everybody. Welcome to this edition of the Pac-Man podcast. Pac is short for Patriotic American Citizen. And what better weekend to show your patriotism than this coming weekend, the July 4th holiday weekend. Of course, we should all be patriotic every day and not be afraid to show that we love our country. And I think there is a movement afoot today in America, especially by some young people, to belittle patriotism or to make fun of anybody who is openly patriotic. And I'm not saying you have to walk around, you know, saluting the flag every day. But I mean, we have a great country and we need not to be afraid to express it. I know a lot of young people, they feel funny about expressing their, their, you never hear somebody under, I never hear anybody in their 20s ever say, you know, this is a great country. Maybe they haven't lived long enough. And uh, certainly I've lived long enough. And I, I appreciate the, the opportunities we have here in America, because let's face it, it's not like this in many other countries. In no other country is there a constitution like ours that limits what the federal government can do, at least in theory. So get out there, unfurl old glory and fly that flag and be proud of it this weekend and uh, do it for the right reasons. You know, speaking of patriotism, there is a, there's a, a piece here by Jarrett Stepman. He's a contributor to The Daily Signal. And the title of it is Celebrating the Founding Fathers is Now Structural Racism. He doesn't say so, but the National Archives says so. Now, the National Archives is a federal entity. The National Archives and the Records Administration Task Force is supposed to build up this country, build up the Constitution, build up the, the Declaration of Independence. So as we, as we get set to celebrate this weekend, I mean, the National Archives and Records Administration, no doubt, again, it's a federal agency, and they're charged with taking care of our country's governmental and historical records, including the Declaration and the Constitution. Now, for them to say that Celebrating our founders is structural racism, I, I don't think is a wise use of our tax dollars. But what can we do about it? But there's this lengthy internal document. Again, this is by Jared Stepman. He draws attention to this in this Daily Signal piece. It was completed back in April, but not released until uh, earlier this month, or actually in June, early June. And it never mentions critical race theory by name, but it uses all the, the catchphrases, the buzzwords, the lingo. It highlights white privilege and systemic racism and equity a number of times. And it also cites the New York Times dubious 1619 project and Ibram X. Uh, Kendi. He's the self-styled, he calls himself an anti-racist. He's a Marxist, basically. His ideas sound a lot like racism. And I'll just read you the piece here from Stepan, part of it. The rotunda of the Capitol building itself is deeply problematic because, according to the task force, it lauds wealthy white men in the nation's founding while marginalizing BIPOC, B-I-P-O-C. It stands for Black, Indigenous, and Other People of Color, Women and Minorities. Basically, everybody that, who's not a white male, probably a white heterosexual male. So in the name of diversity and equity and inclusion, all these, we've heard all these, uh, these terms. The, it's basically, as, as he points out here in the piece, Mr. Stepman, it's the Liberté, Egalité, Fraternité of the modern age. The National Archives Task Force has recommended drastic changes to how our founding documents and the founding fathers are presented to the public. Now, the founders are viewed, obviously, different by some of the young people today. And it's, it's what they're being taught in our governmental schools. They're indoctrination centers. 
So the report suggests using trigger warnings to forewarn audiences of content that may cause intense physiological and psychological symptoms. Tough. This is unbelievable. The National Archives Racism Task Force appears to be a little bit behind the woke times. Again, and I'm not going to read the entire piece uh, to you, but again, it's on the Daily Signal. The, uh, the author is Jarrett Stepman. It's really a good piece. And he points out there's a war on history being waged in this country. Actually, there's a, it's a spiritual war that we're battling. We know that. Those of us who know the scriptures somewhat know that we are engaged in a, in a spiritual battle, good against evil. We war not against flesh and blood, but against principalities in the dark forces of evil in the heavenly realms, Ephesians 6.12. So our elite institutions, and I, and I, I have to include the, uh, some of the elite colleges and universities in the country, Yale, uh, Harvard, some of these uh, Ivy League institutions are just, they don't even try to hide the fact that they indoctrinate their young people. And, they, and the, the kids who go to these institutions, their parents are paying big money to have their kids indoctrinated with anti-American uh, sentiments and ideals. So these, the leftists are trying to purge every shred of connection between the America of today and what they see as a, 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 just an irredeemably racist country. We had a racist past, therefore we're a racist country. Yes, slavery did exist. But it has not existed since 1865. We've elected twice elected a black president or a biracial president, but that's not good enough. Yes, we have flaws, but we have to look at the flaws of our heroes and their accomplishments. George Washington, Thomas Jefferson, John Adams, Abe Lincoln, and yes, Andrew Jackson were great men. They were men of their times. They were flawed, like all men are flawed, as you and I are flawed. There's nobody perfect. The only man who walked this earth who was perfect is God, Jesus, in the, God in the flesh. He's the only one who's perfect. But to try to hold our founders to the standards of 2021 is, is unreasonable, and it's ridiculous. But if there is one takeaway, it's I think a lot of Americans are beginning to wake up to the fact that they're being fed all this, this radicalism peddled in our schools and other institutions. People are waking up. These elite institutions have been poisoning our, our young people now for a long time, and we've got to put a halt to it. We have to draw attention to it first and make people aware of it. But the, the national anthem is what these woke fanatics want to abolish. And it, it wasn't written after we defeated our enemies. It was written when Americans were pushed to the edge of defeat by the greatest power the world had yet known, Britain. Defeat seemed imminent at the time. The nation's capital was attacked and burned. 1814, President Madison and his wife had to flee for their lives, but the flag was still there. The Star-Spangled Banner is a song of defiance in a time of crisis. We need that same spirit of defiance against what the left is calling wokeness. I don't even want to use the word woke because it's ghetto. It's a ghetto word. It's ghetto in its origins. I'll finish up on this. You know, uh, a gentleman I've interviewed maybe a dozen times over the years, I haven't interviewed him in a couple of years, uh, a talk show host, Jesse Lee Peterson, the Reverend Jesse Lee Peterson. He's got a show out in California on every morning, 6 to 9A in uh, Pacific time. He's black. He's from uh, Alabama. Jim Crow South, as he says. He says, I'm blacker than the ace of spades. And he's dubbed July White History Month. Because the men who founded this country were white. The men who ended slavery were white. White Republicans. 
Look, in America is great because of the contributions of men and women of all races. I mean, I think it's we can leave it at that. But Jesse Lee, I love Jesse Lee Peterson. He said, "White uh, July is White History Month because July it just feels white." He said, "With the cookouts and the Fourth of July <laughs> celebrations, he is a trip." All right, what else happened? There's a uh, where did I get this piece? This is from Marquise Francis, and it's and I love the the, the concept. Uh, a city seeing its uh, its crime spike in its city, and it's a very affluent uh, district in Atlanta, and it wants to secede from Atlanta because it's a war zone. I got this from Yahoo News, of all places. So there's a sharp rise in crime in this district, and the name of it is the Buckhead District. And it's known for its high-rise apartments and lavish restaurants and, and, and boutiques and all the like. But there's been a spike in robberies and aggravated assault and, and larceny over the past year or so. And a lot of people in the community have had enough. They say that's it. I mean, they say that Atlanta has abandoned them and they formed the Buckhead City Committee, and their goal is to form a city of their own. Now, I don't think that's going to happen. And, and the city of Atlanta is, major, is I think, more than 50% black. So there's, there is that racial element to this. Buckhead is, no doubt, majority white. So most of their, and I'm going to read you a, a quote here from Bill White. He's CEO and chairman of the committee. He told Yahoo News, most of our residents live in fear. As a result, daily activities, such as getting gasoline, carpooling, or going for a walk, are no longer done without careful consideration and concern for safety. We're not meant to live in fear. This is America. We're Americans. Who wants to live in fear? That's no way to live. So White says we have shootings in our neighborhoods every day, all hours of the day and night. Does that sound like a, a place where there are luxury apartments and boutiques? Because it's... Atlanta, the, the, the scumbags in Atlanta are spilling out in, in areas around the city. So this white is leading the effort for Buckhead to become an independent city. He says that while combating crime is the top priority in under-resourced police and fire department, crumbling in infrastructure and zoning issues are additional concerns for, uh, for the, the residents of Buckhead. In August of last year, 28 Atlanta police officers resigned, 11 retired. They cited an overall lack of morale, according to the Atlanta Police Union. I mean, how can you, how can morale be good? You have these idiot mayors in these cities talking about defunding the police and disbanding the police. Well, then disband them. See what happens. This is what happens. Crime uh, raises. <clears throat> this is what happens. Crime spikes. More shootings, more robberies, more rapes, more murders, violent crime, aggravated assault. But defund the police. Crime is up and arrests are down. So I don't think this, uh, this bucket is going to be successful. They want a safe community. What community does not want to be safe? If you don't feel safe and insecure in, in, in your own environs, I mean, how can a Buckhead ha ever have any uh, luck attracting business to their city if they ever become a city? You have to be safe first. People need to be able to walk the streets any hour of the day or night. I think they should arm themselves. But again, it's Atlanta, so I'm sure they have strict gun laws. But they have shootings every day, so what good are the gun laws? The, 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 the good news is Atlanta is in Georgia. Maybe Georgia could, if they apply to get a, a to secede from Atlanta, maybe Georgia, the legislature, would agree to it. They have a Republican governor. And I'm sure the federal government would have to sign off on that, although I'm not sure about that. But I mean, a lot of this stuff, I'm, I'm thinking back to Obama's, I think it was his second term, but he talked about ending suburban sprawl. He talked about 
uh, having too many single-family houses, and uh, there were too many manicured lawns on leafy lots. And so he talked about ending suburban sprawl. So he had too many whites were fleeing cities in favor of the, of the suburbs. So Obama tried to force these suburbs to build more high-rise apartment buildings and low-rent housing because there were too many single-family houses. They're nice, nice neighborhoods. People were married, actually raised the children. The nuclear family was intact, unlike the way it is in majority of the cities in the country. So we need, if you know, if you build more low-rent apartment buildings, you're going to have more low-rent people to fill those buildings. It just, it stands to reason. So you're going to see a spike in crime, households run by women, more shootings. In other words, your, your nice little neighborhood in the burbs will look more like Chicago. That's what Obama wanted, because that's his idea of diversity. This is what the left is seeking to do across the country. And just because Obama's out, his ideas are in. And now his ideas are considered not liberal or not progressive enough by today's Democratic Party. All right, my voice, for whatever reason, is beginning to give out. But again, uh, this is going to be, I think, the, uh, the final show until next week. We're going to take a break for the weekend. We have a big 4th of July celebration. The, my daughter has a bunch of grad parties to go to. Now, she wanted to do a show, <clears throat> pardon me, this evening. Uh, her voice is not where she would like it to be. She's been sick for a few days, so she's going to do a show with me, I promise you, next week, because we, we've gotten a lot of positive feedback from the show she did on the, uh, the Cambridge Indian mascot. And I guess it circulated, the show circulated on uh, Facebook, got quite a few hits, and we're grateful for that. So if you want to access this show, we have a lot of fine shows for you on the BMG Network. Just go to it, the bmgnetwork.com. If you want to contact me directly, it's Pacman, P-A-C-M-A-N, all lowercase, at the bmgnetwork.com. And if the Lord wills it, and I certainly hope he does, we will talk to you soon. The Pac-Man Podcast was produced and edited in the BMG Studio. Music by Kevin McLeod. For more episodes of the Pac-Man Podcast, go to the bmgnetwork.com or go to the BMG Network on Facebook. And be sure to tune in to the next episode of the Pac-Man Podcast with Ted Flitt.